welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Welcome listeners, welcome subscribers, welcome people listening to the replay of this particular episode of the Talk Show for Talkers. This week, we have a very special episode for you, which is going to draw out some emotional reaction from you. That's all I can possibly hope we'll get from this. By the way, send us your comments on info at irishtalkers.com and we'll get our secretarial staff to deal with them. Uh, moving forward now, Ted Melanfi and Moira O'Brien, I believe you have been thinking about something and you are, uh, dare I say, going to tickle each other? Thank you, Paul. <laughs> and that's a lovely segue so I can allow Moira to do all the tickling because when I interviewed Moira on Saturday, and most of you, I hope, will have listened to that episode. It was about humorous speech. And in, in, in actual fact, we could have been speaking for two days on the topic. We had, we had such a laugh after, and we were being tickled. So, Mara, what else would you, what other advice would you like to give us on the creation of a humorous speech, along the lines of what you were telling us two days ago? Well, there's, uh, there's a few interesting things, Paul. And it's something which you mentioned off camera, off screen, that uh, I thought was worthwhile bringing up. Well, there's, there's a couple of things. The first thing is that the speech was written straight. Right? I, I wrote the speech without, not without any intentions of getting humour, obviously, but I wrote it just as a straight speech. So it had a beginning... It had a middle, it had an end. It had a reference that the end referred back to the beginning and in the middle of it, uh, the, the theme was mentioned. So the theme was, do you speak dog? So that was the opening. Halfway through, I started talking about language and how dogs communicate. And at the end, I said, uh, Moira has, after 10 years, learned how to speak dog. Well, my dialect anyway. Do you speak dog? Right, so it ties it all together. So that was, the, the structure was of a standard Toastmaster speech. Let's put it that way. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that the way it was written was... Literally straight. Apart from the the first paragraph, which was made up. I mean, I I talked about uh, the where the dog had come from, what his parents were like, um, and the parents happened to be a Labrador and a Safi. So I don't know which was which, but I assumed that the Labrador was the mother and came from Canada, because that's where the town of Labrador is, or the district of Labrador, and that the, the father came from Staffordshire. And, of course, Staffies are renowned fighters, aren't they? You know, hard, hard men, hard dogs. So that was, the, that was made up completely. And 
yep, it got a few laughs, fine. But the rest of it was actually dead straight. There was nothing in that speech that was not the truth or a version of the truth. I was just giving it in his eyes, how he would, may, <laughs> how he may be, uh, if he had the capacity to think, how he may be thinking. And it was not difficult to write it in a way that was going to get laughs because it's a funny situation. I, I still maintain that I'm incapable of sitting down and writing a humorous speech because I don't write humour. We were talking before we started recording now um, about um, um, double entendres, right? Paul was coming up with all the, the double entendres that one could have used. Well, I didn't use any of that because I, that, if you like it, is um, stand-up comedy humour rather than speech humour, speech-making humour. And it doesn't mean to say you can't use it, but I chose not to go that route at all. And I think that that helped the speech. And I honestly think it helped the speech because it was written straight. It Very wasn't, interesting, it, yeah. It wasn't actually... It's the situations that produced the humour rather than the words that were used to describe... The situation. Am I yes. am I sort of uh, making you're, sense? You're explaining it exactly, and you're also explaining it from the perspective of who you would consider one of your uh, inspirationalists, who would be Craig Valentine. Uh, exactly, and I I say this again and again that Craig Valentine. If you haven't followed him or you haven't looked him up, do so, because he. You may, once you do start following him, you'll find that it, it gets a bit repetitive, but that's not a bad thing because the things that he repeats are the things that yeah, you need so to drum yeah. into your brain. Mm. And one of them is, don't look for humour, let humour come out of what you are writing. Yeah, and the wonderful thing that I found about Craig Valentine when we had the uh, the pleasure of seeing him on stage was that he uses humour right throughout his, he does. his, he his does. keynote speeches. Yeah. And that's a fantastic way to connect with people. They say that humour is the fastest way for two hearts to come together. Mm. And I think that is very true. People who can use humour, even when it's a serious topic, they can break down barriers. Yeah. And people who yeah. can use humour, they, they can be they can they can come across as priests. Counselors, advisors, um, they they can stop world wars mm -hmm. if you can get humour into something, particularly if it's serious. Mm -hmm. It changes the whole perspective on the seriousness of the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. And um, Paul, you write very funny speeches, but you don't consider yourself to be a funny person. I know. Well, that's a funny, uh, <laughs> funny remark. I have to say. But you have uh, said the, to me, I, Paul. You've said to me in the past that that you don't consider that this, you write funny speeches, and yet every speech I've heard you give has had some belly laughs, some really yeah, funny the, bits. The, 
I was, tell you the truth, Moira, mm-hmm. I don't write funny speeches because I don't write speeches. So forgive <laughs> me. Yeah, made uh, up on all the uh, speeches I make are uh, scraps of paper which occasionally make a difference to what I'm going to say. Uh, I do phenomenal. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I uh, The key thing is that I can be really, really funny. I can get people to laugh. Mm. When we're chatting in a group. Now, ask me to go up onto a stage and uh, make a humorous speech. I need to do the path called engaging humor because Mm -hmm. I'm a guy who specializes in sincerity. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget the work I started to do with my mentor in Postmasters years ago. And it was aptly summarized as from sincerity to levity. Mm -hmm. See, if you get talking to me, Moira, it's a bit like having a cold bath and having somebody sitting beside you in the cold, you're in the cold water and Paul is saying some very profound things, but he's blocking you from getting out of the bath. So that's the situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not encouraging, I'm encouraging you to keep on listening to me because it's good for you. Now, does Billy Connolly on stage, did Billy mm-hmm. Connolly ever try to improve his audience? Actually, the truth is, I think every stand up comedian is trying to improve the audience. Mm-hmm. Right? I've, I've even heard people deliberately interrupt the recording of a podcast by setting off sounds and going off to answer telephones, Moira. Yes. <laughs> Specially planned because they phoned ahead to their mate saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster, get me out of here. Well, that's a very interesting point. I... I am actually in a competition in November called I'm a Toastmaster, Get Me Out of Here (laughs) for another club, um, which is going to be an interesting thing. I I might um, promote this in a future episode, but... uh, is it your resignation speech, Moira? I'm a Toastmaster, get me out of here. Are you actually uh, no, we're actually We're actually in the jungle, in the jungle, so we've, we've got to extricate ourselves from the jungle. Well, Toastmasters has always been a jungle full of animals, all sorts of uh, biodiversity in a Toastmasters club and uh, further around the world. Very true, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're yeah. not all orangutans. I can tell you something. Not all Toastmasters are orangutans. Orang-utan. Do you know what orang-utan means, Paul? Um, no. It's old, is it old man country? of the forest. Orang is man really? in Indonesian. No, look, that's not forest. a bit funny. That's education. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a funny episode <laughs> and I was going to have to laugh. Instead, I've been reduced to being a small little person who hasn't, who missed this class at school where we learned about, you know, small men from the forest. And, you know, I think it's really, I'm going to have to go, oh, this is post-traumatic uh, stress, Moira. You've brought back a bad experience I had at school, uh, which I afraid if I tell you about 
it'll become a worse experience. It might become a slide, a side-splitting experience for the rest of us. However, <laughs> Paul, when you talk about small men in the forest, I hope you're not referring to leprechauns. But I would like to ask you a question, Paul. You write poetry, <laughs> don't you? I do. <laughs> Is it possible to write poetry from the point of view of humorous? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, look, there are some... Uh, there are some awesome poets who who use humor there is oh my goodness i wish you told me you were going to ask me this question well i didn't know um, i'd be just inspired by, it yeah, by one but, of our um controllers in the background there yeah but some <laughs> of the funniest poets okay look stephen fry writes poetry let's just jump in oh, there stephen fry yeah yeah now i don't know if his poetry is either amusing or wrist slitting now there's the there's the you know is he uh, where does he fall on the spectrum? But um, for example, there's a poet who uh, writes about I think it's women playing tennis. No, Paul, will you leave it at that, and we'll carry on this conversation next week because we've been given the red card. It's a nice segue to the finality of this week's talk show for talkers and Moira is just after putting on one of her party costumes <laughs> <laughs> and well, so has Garrod and you I, and I Paul are here as two humans so we'll see you all again next week on the talk show for talkers see you then bye <laughs> bye bye listeners and thank you very much for listening to Ted and thank you very much for listening to Paul <laughs> and thank you very much for listening Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.